Lowry Markkinen finishes off the Phoenix Suns with the career-high 38 points. Hits a turnaround jumper with Devin Booker guarding him almost as if he was unaffected. It was uh, nerve-wracking, to say the least. Not sure if he was going to hit that shot or not, and uh, it went down. It, It felt like it was smooth. He was... The guy that uh, should have been taking the shot, and he did take the shot. Um, He goes 15 for 18, shooting 83% from the field and 66% from the three-point line, going two of three, Uh, 75% from the free-throw line. After last game, I believe he shot abysmal 33%. You got to think that this... uh, or that performance from the free throw line helped propel him on this one. Only one turnover, three assists, six rebounds, one steal. I mean, easily the best game by Lowry Markinen in a Jazz uniform. He's followed by Malik Beasley with 27. Malik Beasley has just found his groove shooting, and defensively he's guarding Devin Booker for parts of that game. Uh, Really effective. Jordan Clarkson finishes with 20. Mike Conley, 13. Colin Sexton, 13. And on the other side, Booker nearly gets 50. He ends at 49. Um, Pretty impressive from the Phoenix Suns being able to basically be that close with us at at, uh, Utah in the Vivint Arena with the loud crowd. Uh, Can't help but think if they have Chris Paul, things would have been different. Um, but big win for the Jazz. They get back to their winning ways. And uh, you, you see Lowry Markinen just take another leap as a Jazz player. Um, I think a lot of people have been questioning, is he the guy? Can he do it? And tonight is one night on answering that question. I don't think it answers the question full, is he that guy every single night? But uh, pretty impressive. Especially shooting 83% and being that effective. Let's see how many shots Booker takes. Booker takes 31 shots. That's almost double of what Lowry takes. And shot 51% and only 22% from three. So if you look at the numbers, just from an effective standpoint, Lowry Markinen is was tonight so much more effective than Devin Booker, which... Says a lot. I mean, Devin Booker felt almost unstoppable at times tonight. Um, you guys go ahead and request, and I'll I'll get you guys uh, one at a time. Thanks for joining. If you want to uh, chime in, we'd love to have you say whatever you want, celebrate, or complain about something. Uh, the big thing that stood out to me is, and I think I tweeted this at halftime, is the unforced turnovers are just ridiculous but I think that's expected with a young team like this uh Olenek had one at the end where he kind of just threw it away Jordan Clarkson was diving out of bounds for it didn't get it um he had one on a fast break that he was trying to thread the needle and just so many plays tonight felt like you know we could have had the momentum and we just get so excited or or are young and and don't have the composure to 
make that momentum carry over to another play um, as far as like a fast break or a defensive stop that would lead to scoring on the other end. So Simone Fantecchio had nine minutes, came in, had five points, uh, had a, a huge, huge block at the end. It, it was great to see him get those minutes. I, I think Coach is beginning to be more confident in him. And uh, we'll go down the list. I have thoughts on all these other players, but down, I'm going to go over to you first. Uh, why don't you give us your thoughts? <clears throat> and I may cut you off if Coach Hardy starts talking. Dallin, you there? Dallin uh, Orcut? Are your five kids uh, hanging on your arm? All right, uh, we are going to go to the next request. Armani, uh, go ahead, man. I just uh, just approved you. In five, four, three, two, one. Okay, anybody else want to speak? Awesome. Just let me know. Um, as far as Walker Kessler, I'd like to hit on that because he he finally gets some minutes tonight, 20 minutes, and just didn't feel effective. He didn't he did he score? He scored one point at the free throw line. Um and watching him tonight, I've I've really been high on Walker Kessler. I still am. I, I still feel he should start over Kelly Olenek because I feel he would benefit being with the starters and then Kelly. How about them jazz? How about them jazz, boy? Let me finish this take and then uh, I'll let you go. <laughs> must be. Maybe his mic's muted. My mic is muted. Uh, I've been calling on you guys this entire time. <laughs> I, that's, that's the second time in a row. Um, so anyways, I'm talking about Walker Kessler now. We... We covered Larry Markinen scoring his career high. Simone Fontecchio getting minutes at the end. Um, with with uh, the block and being in at the end. And then Walker Kessler finally gets his 20 minutes um, and really was uh, ineffective. And I was, I was hitting on how I, f- I still feel that he should be starting over Kelly Olenek because I feel the starters would make him better, but I also think Kelly Olenek will help settle down that second unit. Um, our second unit really is is pretty strong when you got Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley, Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, Kessler, and uh, possibly you know Vanderbilt Olenek in there with that second unit. So, uh, Dallin, since since you can now hear me. Why don't you take over? Give us your thoughts on the game. Lori Markinen, 38 points on 18 shots, man. Um, just it was an awesome team effort. I'm, I mean, we can rag on the defense a little bit for giving up 130-some-odd points. But, yeah, um, I was just great. It was, uh, it was everything we needed after that uh, three-game slide that we just recently had so um i i thoroughly enjoyed it um yeah it was shocking i mean kessler's gonna have those ups and down games but i you know i I think he came out there and just gave it 
gave a good effort. So I, it, it, we'll see games with him uh, contributing better and more, and just as because rookies, you know, they have growing pains. So um, I would, I don't know, you know, it, it's funny to me that uh, Devin Booker can go for forty-seven, but that just goes to show that maybe you know the Jazz are that good that it takes the Phoenix Suns to have a player go off like that to even keep up with us. So. Yeah, and I hit on that while uh, I was muted. Um, I went over Lowry and how impressive that is. I, I think a lot of people have questioned, can he be the guy? And I think tonight is one of those nights where he was so effective. He shot uh, 83% from the field, 66% from the three, and 75% from the free throw line. Devin Booker ends with 49, but uh, he takes almost double the amount of shots as Lowry. So... You know, 11 more points and takes 31 shots. Lowry only takes 18. I mean, that that's huge if you can be that effective, especially that last shot with Devin Booker guarding him. Turn around. I was a little nervous that he took it. I, and uh, it just almost looked. I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looked like the replay, it was almost like he was unaffected with a smaller guy on him. Um, so, yeah, it was, I mean. It was a great game. I almost think it's builds more confidence for us to win a close game like that. Obviously, if they have Chris Paul, it could be a totally different game. But uh, it, it's this is one of the top teams in the league and gets us back on the winning track. Um, and we really looked fresh again tonight. We didn't look look too tired uh, like the other nights. Uh, I love that coach is starting to trust Simone Fantecchio and. Uh, I think we can move on from Rudy Gay, to be honest. Uh, please, please, let's yeah. move on from Rudy Gay. So, Ar- Armani, we're going to head over to you. I think that you have already been approved to speak, so just go ahead and unmute yourself. <clears throat> Give us all the goods. It still shows him as a listener. I don't know. If- oh, I think when I unmute myself, I have to approve people again. All right, Armani, go ahead. Do you see what happens when we give Lowry the damn ball? <laughs> <laughs> you are saying it. No, but um, you know, Lowry Lowry played a great game. I, I feel like he got the ball exactly where he wanted, which is really he likes he really likes to get around the elbow area in the paint. He really doesn't like hanging around the um the, the perimeter like that. And every game, and if you watched every game that he has went off, most of his shot, his shot short, most of the shots are going to be around that that paint area. Um, Malik Beasley played a beautiful game. Yes, you yeah. can't really, Jeez. you can't ask any much more from him. Um, Colin Sexton need to be pulled a little bit. He needs to pull his his. his I think he needs a little. I, I think he needs a little dimmer of a green light. Yeah, I don't know what kind of energy pill he was on tonight, but yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Uh, he's know. always on an energy pill, man. He's like takes five five hour energies and then <laughs> pounds a Red Bull. Yeah, he just pound like a six pack of Red Bull. Or <laughs> um, I feel. Hey, let me cut you off real quick. Hard, Hardy, Coach Hardy's on. So, give me just a sec. Uh, 
guys on both teams, uh, you know, making big time plays down the stretch, uh, back and forth. Uh, really proud of the energy that our team played with tonight. I think it, it showed just the pace we played with, not only in transition but in the half court, um, moving the ball, moving our bodies. Um, we were able to execute some stuff down the stretch very well. Lowry had his career high tonight, 38. Um, you know, really came through for us. Mike, Jordan, Jeremy, everybody that played in the game contributed. Um, uh, another very good team win, and uh, it was great. The energy from the crowd tonight was unbelievable. Um, I've been in a lot of playoff games, and that one had the audio of a playoff game there coming down the stretch. So um, credit to them as well. Fun night. Lowry's ability to move off ball seem unique for his size. Yeah, it, it it probably doesn't match uh, the package that it comes in, I guess. Like you you look at him and you wouldn't assume that he's that mobile and that nimble. Like his footwork, it's not just like the speed straight line. It's his footwork in tight spaces and ability to change direction. Um, his vertical athleticism is very good. Like he's. He's been just as impressive as an athlete, you know, not being around him before as he has a basketball player. You went with Malik Beasley down the stretch there, and, and obviously he had a very good game. What does he bring, and, and why did you choose to, to do that? Yeah, I thought, um, you know, Malik w was having a, a very good night. Um, his spacing, his ability, you know, to get shots off in tight windows um, against a long athletic defensive team like that I thought was something that we were going to need down the stretch. Um, I felt like we were going to be in our execution part of the game. We were going to have the ball with Mike and JC and Lowry. And I thought that, um, you know, Malik's spacing was going to be critical for us. Um, and he, uh, he did a, a wonderful job all night, hit a lot of big shots. But you said early in training camp that you wanted to get guys into the best shape that they've been in. Was it this kind of game that you were anticipating needing that for? Because it seemed like even though the pace was crazy, the energy just kind of remained high throughout. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, when you look at your team and you're trying to figure out what your advantages could be, um, you know, I felt like fitness was something that we could control to a degree. And we wanted to make sure that we took care of all the things that we thought we could control. Um, and a credit to the guys, like they really bought into it in camp. Um, they went really, really hard at practice and, um, you know, didn't, didn't ever complain, even when some practices maybe went longer than they expected or there was extra conditioning stuff at the end. But, you know, they, they knew that it was going to be a big part of our identity, um, not, not only playing more players, but trying to, to keep the tempo of the game up um, with our ball movement and movement and body movement. So um, I think it definitely showed up tonight down the stretch. Phoenix had quite a few offensive boards down the stretch there. Did you think about having Walker in there to help with the rebounding down the stretch, or were you just feeling like you had an advantage with the small lineup? Yeah, I thought the small lineup was our, our best chance to win the game. Um, I thought Devin Booker, who's an unbelievable player, um, he, he really had his way against the drop tonight, and I didn't think down the stretch I wanted to show him any more drop. Um, Walker does so many things well for our team, um, but right now switching is not something that, that he's doing a lot of, so um, I just felt like down the stretch the small lineup was going to be our best opportunity. You mentioned Booker. What, what do you think allowed Phoenix to get back into this game they did in the second half? 
Um, I mean, it was an eight-point game at halftime, and I think that our turnovers in the second half didn't help us. We had some decision-making in transition that wasn't very good. Like, we had the advantage in transition a couple times that ended up in dunks for them going the other way. Um, and it just... You, you, there's moments in the game where the momentum can really shift and you can sort of blow a game open, and we didn't capitalize on those very well. But, you know, that, that also just shows, you know, Phoenix is a very well-coached team. They've been in the finals. That group has been together for a while. Like, tight games, they don't flinch, um, you know, from Monty down through all the players. They, they've been in a lot of close games, and they know how to execute and, and stay alive. So... Um, we knew at halftime that they were going to come out with a lot of energy and they, they were not going to go away. Um, and I felt like our decision-making, especially in transition, did not help us in the second half. Have you seen Mike get that fired up yet? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I'm not sure I've seen Mike yell yet. Um, but he's really competitive. I think you guys all know that. You've been around Mike longer than I have. But he... He's really, really uh, competitive, uh, although not always super vocal. But, um, you know, he's, he's the leader of our group. And those moments, the team rallies around him. And uh, I thought the crowd rallied around him to see Mike get that fired up. Um, you know, big plays, digging out rebounds. He had a block shot that was huge, um, hit some big shots, as usual, making, you know, very good decisions for our team. So um, really happy for him. Maybe we need more yelling. Just kind of big picture, you know, how does it make you feel as a coach to see Lowry being able to um, excel uh, in a role that's exceeded pretty much all of the roles that he's had in his career? Yeah, it's it, it's fun to watch. He's, I don't know what the ceiling is on Lowry. I don't think any of us do, but I'm pretty sure we haven't seen it yet based on what we're watching night in and night out. He's... Um, he works really, really hard on his game. It's not just, you know, what he's doing in the game, like the work that he puts in. You guys see him some at practice. In practice, post-practice is uh, is really diligent, um, very detailed. He's a, he's a wonderful guy, and uh, I'm just really happy for him because I think, you know, he wants to be good. And... You know, he's, he's, this is the third team he's played on, and I think he's he's feeling comfortable with our group. Um, and we need him. He knows that. Like, it's not just me that's empowering Lowry. Um, his teammates, they know how good he is and how good he can be. Um, so, you know, they're probably empowering him more than I am. This is one of Jared's kind of high assist games, and I mean, he kind of operates out of that handoff role out of, of the top. But kind of what are the keys to success in that role, and, and why is he making kind of good decisions at that spot? Yeah, it's uh, when a big like Aiton is guarding you, um, you know, we're going to try to move Jared around a good amount in some different spots. Um, and he knows that not only is he a cutter, but there's times when Aiden goes to help that he has to be a sort of a pressure release for us. So um, it's a little bit like playing tight end, you know, in football. You have to find the dead area in the defense and be, be a safety valve for us. And he does a really good job of going from that spot, catching the ball, to recognizing where he needs to go next with it. Um, he's so quick with his movements, like he's able to get from one thing to the next very, very quickly. Um, the role that he's in is not easy. 
because he's again he's moved around a lot and he has to read the defense as well as what we're executing on offense like he has a lot of decisions that he's making even though he doesn't always have the ball um and he's he's doing a great job for us like we ask we ask Hento to do a lot we ask him to guard some of the best players in the NBA. We ask him to offensive rebound. We ask him to push the ball in transition. We ask him to find a dead area in the defense. Um, he, he's doing a great job for us. And, um, you know, he, he knows that, that that's what we need from him every single night. And, um, you know, we've talked about every guy on this team just playing to their strengths and bringing something to the party. And um, Jared's been huge for us. Joined by Big T, Thurl Bailey called the game tonight with Craig Bowler Jack. And uh, T, be before you sat down, we were listening to, to Coach, and he was saying about the environment tonight. How? That was interesting, him talking about Vanderbilt that way, because I almost was going to hit on a point where it's just like, I feel like sometimes he doesn't make very good decisions. Um, obviously, Coach says he's making a lot of different decisions defensively and offensively uh, I felt like coach got back to what brought success to the team early on as far as switching up the defense on their best player I know Beasley guarded Devin Booker Vanderbilt marketing was on him at times um, and I I think THT may have been on him a few times too but those are the three main ones so um, if you guys want to speak go ahead and request Armani, we, we kind of cut you off, so I'm going to let you uh, go ahead and take the mic back. Um, it's funny as hell that Hardy said that about um, Vando because I'll be honest with you, I feel like Vando fits better with the bench. Yeah, he fits and way better with the bench squad. I, I think Beasley should be the starter. I feel like he brings... Yeah, Beasley, Beasley is by far like our best two-way player, in my opinion. He, he can lock down someone on defense, but then he he can go off and hit shots on the other end, which is, is really, really hard to do to have energy on mm -hmm. both sides of the ball. So Malik Beasley, man, he, he to me, he uh, solidified who he is as a player tonight in my mind. And uh, Vanderbilt, ugh, I was so high on Vanderbilt those first few games, and it's just it, it just feels like he's dropped off. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think anything really changed about his game. I just believe that um, he doesn't fit with certain people. Like, I, Mike Conley and J.C. struggles with J.C. with, with um, Vandal on the court. Yeah. And see, uh, in the pregame we were talking, John Collins is in, in talks from the Atlanta Hawks in trades. I feel like... He is a J Jared Vanderbilt, but way better offensively and way more of a threat. Um, I would, it would be amazing if we could get John Collins for for Vanderbilt. I think that would be a hell of a swap, but not sure if it's going to happen. I believe. See, John Collins is a great addition because I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen his numbers all the other day. Um, him, him with Trey Young and him with um, um, Deontay Murray. Like his his pick and roll scoring is like through the roof. It's not even it's not it's like the points per possession is, is like it's not funny. Yeah, like he's really elite on the pick and roll, but he doesn't get enough pick and roll action because of Capella. So I feel like if you put him in a position where maybe he can play a small ball five, because no matter what, we really don't have that much room protection besides Walker. 
No. Yeah, and Walker struggled tonight. He was almost, he got the most minutes he probably has and was really ineffective. Yeah. So I think we should be able to um see he's a he's a um he's a he's a good rebounder, sound rebounder. Sometimes he could be a great rebounder. So that so that will show up some of the things that Vanderbilt could do. Um and also we'll have a a a a a way more wide open offense because um maybe maybe if 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 even we can replace him with Kelly Olynyk, as in putting Kelly O on the bench. Maybe yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you would want to put um, what, um, what's his name on the court. But um, I feel like he he would be a great addition. I think he would be a better option because it'll open up the um, it'll open up the floor for uh, Lowry uh, because he can step out. Um, so Lowry could be able to be at that elbow position that he'd like to be. Um, Conley, it would be way better for Conley because we have a, a, another athlete on the court that you could throw the oop to or yeah. he could, or he could um, pop out to three. So it was, it'll, it'll, make the, it'll make the game easier for everybody else if we go ahead and go get him. Yeah, I think I think he would be a great fit with Conley uh, as far as like the pick and roll or Mike Conley being able to find him. But Vanderbilt just doesn't have the best hands either to, to – <laughs> To catch the ball, it's like he's he's got to be lockdown defender or getting hustle plays and rebounds. And if he's not doing that, you know what is he doing for you? So, I I'm still I'm still on the train of starting Walker Kessler and having a Linux on the second unit because I think Kessler will do better with that starting unit. Uh, just having better players around him will make him better. But then I also feel like Kelly Olenek will kind of settle down that that second crew. But uh Yeah, I don't I don't think you can have Kessler and uh, Vando on the cuz they uh, no, I believe shoot, so. I believe yeah, I think we can you can have Beasley. Yeah, Beasley. Yeah, I feel like we can have um Beasley uh, either Beasley over um Vando or well, still Vando coming off the bench in my situation. You can have Kessler and Kelly O as the, you know, the two the two bigs. Well, it, I mean, if we could get well, John Collins that'd be amazing. Over. If we can get John Collins, but what would we be giving up for John Collins? Yeah, I think you gotta. I think you're gonna have to get. I think uh, they're gonna ask for. I think they're gonna ask for Beasley. Yeah, it's either Beasley or Clarkson. I'd probably at this point be more willing to give up Clarkson. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving Beasley for shit. Yeah, so, Beasley's just such a a great defender that. Yeah, it, he's a he's a he's um he's a he's a better version of Wesley Matthews to me. Yeah, and he's he's like more of a pure shooter. Jordan Clarkson is so streaky at times. It's you know if he's on, he's on. But if he's not, uh, good luck. <laughs> uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, I feel like he he had only fifteen minutes, seven points. But man, when he comes in, he you can tell he's playing a lot more under control. Uh, I think he's a great piece for us to have as far as being able to guard a, a bigger guard like Luka Doncic. But um, the other thing that stood out to me, and Coach Hardy kind of talked about this, is the turnovers. Like, the momentum feels like it can shift our way, and he is the best word. We didn't capitalize on it. Um, we only had 16. They had 14. But um, what do you guys think as far as, like, this team just turning the ball over, like, unforced turnovers? Bad spacing. Yeah, and they, they're struggling rebounding tonight, too, so... There was like a few times where they were just 
Uh, it was like we don't, some we don't box rebounds. out. We just don't yeah. box out. It's, it's yeah. no second. There's, there's no secondary box out. It might be an initial box out, but maybe somebody would just jump off their feet a little bit too early, and there's a, then there's no um, box out from the guard. So then if we always get these offensive rebounds, that should not be happening at all. Because or Mike no Conley out rebounding out. people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember a play uh, got kicked to the corner. Someone drove, kicked to the corner, and then their entire there was two players on the backside and Vanderbilt and someone else just totally stood there and watched the ball go up it it went in but it's like okay like if that ball bounces off it's most likely going to the backside and you guys are at the front of the rim just watching it like how it it doesn't make sense but the other thing and I think a lot of teams are starting to pick up on this our transition defense is awful like, we don't even run back. There was another play with Vanderbilt. He missed that corner three. It was a contested corner three. I didn't mind the shot. But then he, like, hung his head and barely made it past half court. His guy sprints to the front of the rim and scores. And it's like, bro, sprint back on D. Like, we don't care that you missed a three-point shot. Just sprint back. But what can this team overcome the defensive woes and the transi- transition D, because it feels like when we beat teams, we have to outscore them, and that's only going to last for so long, especially if you have an off night. Do you guys think it's ever going to get fixed throughout this season, or will, it, will we have to wait till next season for our defense to get fixed? That's a next-season situation. Next season. And I think, they, I think the, the pressing issue is the fact that um, – well, the reason why we didn't notice how bad it was at the beginning of the season is because we played so fast and we punched teams so early in the face that we didn't have that problem. Yeah. And that we constantly was going to the free throw line, so we was getting a lot of dead balls. Because of the fact that sometimes we're, we're, um, we're, we're having these long misses and stuff like that, the, the game is being sped up and we don't have the transition. De- Nobody yeah. hustles enough on the transition defense. So it's just like, it just looks ugly now. Down. what are your thoughts? Tajin, I know that you're giving thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, go ahead and request to speak. We'd love we, to hear from you. Colin and Kevin waiting. To Colin and Kevin. Yeah, yeah. They just haven't requested. I'm just waiting for people to request. No, I, I approved them, so they're good to go. So. Oh, here we go. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Tajin. Yo, what's up, guys? What up? I didn't watch the game. I'm just catching up on the highlights right now, but I I looked at the box score, and yeah, it looked like Markin and Beasley had good games today. But uh, I, I do agree. We've, I mean, these last few games we've been they kind of exposed their weaknesses there in like transition. But I, I feel like that that is a next season thing. I, I don't know if we can do much about it except just keep pressure on our offense and just just keep you know letting our offense win the games and just out shooting teams but as far as the second unit um i don't know i I heard you guys talk about vanderbilt and uh i think they they kind of put him in there in the starting lineup i mean um they they go uh vanderbilt in in the game i know they did earlier in the season in the season I, i didn't see the if he started today but uh just for rebounding he's really I mean, he can. He's got the length. He can rebound. Um, Markinen and Elenic, they can rebound if they're matched up against 
not as athletic or, you know, as if the ball falls in their lap. <laughs> yeah. If they're there, you know, if, if they have a good matchup or if it just comes right to them, uh, they're not going to battle against athletic guys. Um, but, you know, as long as if marketing can score 38 points a game, then we'll be all right. And Mike Conley had, you know, he was hitting his shots. He needs to hit those four, five threes a game and dish out assists. And I think he can kind of carry the team because they do need experience there when when the game gets close. Yeah, Conley played really well, had 10 assists, 13 points. I mean, he really does lead us at crucial times. He had that big play against um, Payne where Payne ended up traveling. I actually don't think it was a travel, but uh, I'm glad they called it. And, uh, yeah. He, he... Fernando, to his credit, did have some nice passing tonight. I, I will say that. Um, but Yeah, he, yeah. Vando had eight assists, so he's yeah. he's right there. He almost there. had the buckets on nail triple-double. I put that in the comments. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's impressive that Lowry Markinen has – his career high this early with the jazz. I think he, I think he'll get more than, than 38 this season. Um, especially when we play these bad teams and someone that, that really can't guard him. Uh, I thought they guarded us pretty well. This, this, I mean, the Phoenix suns are defensively rated, um, third in the entire league. Obviously Chris Paul's not in there. I think he brings a defensive presence with his stills and, and putting pressure on the point guard. But still, Mike Conley uh, can handle handle that. I th- I want to hit on Armani's uh, Jared Vanderbilt with the bench. I think I can see him being with the bench, but also I think it's crucial he's with the starters as well at times because he, he really isn't that great offensively. Um, but the times that I like seeing him in with the starters is if he is guarding one of the best players on the other team. Uh, I really love what Hardy does switching up uh, the defenders on on their best players to give them different looks instead of just get comfortable. And and really, it gives relief to our players knowing, hey, I'm going to go hard five, ten minutes, and then somebody's going to give me a break as far as defense. So, um, Yeah, I think Colin wanted to talk. He was going to talk before Tajin did, so. Yeah, go ahead. Is he? What's up, guys? Oh, okay. You're already approved. Yes, sir. What's up, guys? What's up? That was a very, very, very fun game. It was um, fun. Um, one of my best friends is a Phoenix fan. And my prediction for the game, and don't get mad at me for this, but uh, I did. I said one thirty-one, one thirty-five, Phoenix. Uh, to him, and he questioned me. He was like, uh, "You think the game's going to be that high scoring?" And yeah. I was like. Well, if you've been watching the Jazz, then yes, it'll be that high scoring. Um, and it ended up being right in that range, right in between that range, you know, 131, 135. Was it 133, 134? Yeah. At the end. So, I mean, that five-point gap. And I was like, this, I told him, I was like, yeah, dude, it was going to be high scoring from the jump. Um, I think your only game that was kind of outside of that was the Knicks game. I forgot what the final score of that game was. I remember the first half was, from memory correct, it was very slow. Anyways, I think I, y'all have been talking, y'all have been giving him praise, but I think the unsung hero from that game is Beasley. Dude, that guy, oh, yeah. I want him on my team for the rest of history. <laughs> like, he is so awesome. And he was clamping up on defense. Oh, like, yeah. Not only was his shot falling, he was clamping up on defense. On Devin man. Booker. On Devin Booker, who was, couldn't really, 
I mean, at some points he couldn't miss. Um, and we'll probably beat the Suns in the playoffs, so we'll definitely need them. So <laughs> I do about that. I do want to get into from watching this game and watching these last uh, is it what are we fifteen games in now or so, or somewhere around there. I do want to get into the Jazz's future. I don't know if I want to do it this second or do it later in the podcast once we're done talking about this game specifically. Let me know though, because I do want to talk about that. But also, Laurie Markkinen is him. That's that's just that's a thing now because he is looks amazing. I honestly, when he those two people on him late in the game, and he threw that shot up, I was like in my head, I was like, that's going in. Like that's. <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, that's going on. I was nervous. That's who he's been lately, though. That's the guy yeah, he's been lately, though. He's like, hitting geez. those shots. And tonight, he only missed three field goals. I was like, well, he's not missing now. But um, anyways, that was just such a fun game. I had my heart pounding. And the our crowd, if there was an award for the livest crowd in the NBA, I think the Jazz would be up there. Because yeah. yeah. every game, it is just... It's I'm a not, playoff I'm game every Never there. It's a game. game. <laughs> yeah, it's always it a playoff atmosphere. It's kind of insane. Except well, for the Knicks game that I went to. That one was... When, when we sat down for the Knicks game, I was like, man, it's eerily quiet in here. I've literally never heard it this quiet. Um, but yeah, even Coach Hardy said in his interview, you know, I've been in playoff games and this had had the uh, decibel level of of a playoff game. I think this was a big, big uh, game for us tonight. Um, just it's Phoenix there up top. And then uh, tomorrow we've got another doozy. We're traveling to Portland. So these guys are going to have to get on a airplane tonight and travel. And I wanted to hit on that a little bit because I know with the three losses in a row, a lot of people were probably saying, Oh, tank or the honeymoon phase is over or, Oh, this is the team. We thought they were, but I got to thinking, and I'm like, man, we've been traveling a lot. We had a road trip. Uh, it feels like we've had a lot of back-to-back games. And so I looked into that and s- saw how many back-to-back games do the Jazz play throughout the season. And we're not even a third of the way through the season right now. Um, and by the time we play tomorrow's game, we will have played the fifth back-to-back game. I looked at the percentages of what the winning percentage is on a back-to-back, and it's uh, around 43%. So basically meaning, you know, chances are you're going to lose on a back-to-back. So, especially on the road. Yeah, especially on the road. We've had, I think we've had two back-to-backs on the road. Um, anyway, so we have 13 total the entire season, and we're, we've already played five. Almost uh, half, yeah. We're only almost a quarter way through the season, so. So, but those... I think Kevin and then the Exum, they they have all requested to speak, and then we got Andrew and JC Drip. Well, I would let Kevin speak if he he put his uh, topless shirt as his profile picture, but he still he still hasn't <laughs> done that from his cruise. <laughs> Kevin, go ahead, man. I think the XM and DC Drip and Andrew. I'll let Kevin go. It's been a while. I don't know if you guys want to hear from me because I'm not as high on Beasley as you all are. Oh, Oh, yeah. Let's go to the next person. (laughs) Here's the thing. Is it because he's only 6'4 or whatever? No, it's because we need to sell him now before he turns out to be what he was in Minnesota and Denver. This a guy, guy who just, shows up 25% yeah. of the time 
He wants well, to get rid of saying, all like, players. <laughs> I've been following Beasley since he was in Denver, and he is like the poster boy for <laughs> extreme amounts of potential and not getting there. So maybe maybe Hardy's unlocked him, and and my hat off to Hardy if he did, and I would gladly take Beasley if if this is what we're gonna get for the next five years. I, I would lock him up right now. But he's shown over the first five years of his career that he he can shine in big moments, but he's not consistent. So I'm all for moving him when his stock is high, but we obviously won't do that. But um, And then as far as, like, the Vanderbilt, um, Vando, I think it goes either way. Um, whether he starts or comes off the bench, I think we know what we're getting from him. Someone who can go one for four, one for three from the three-point line during a game and who's going to get rebounds and go way too hard and pick up a bunch of stupid little fouls. Yeah, the, the, the big knock with Vanderbilt is his fouls. are. It's just like either foul him or don't, but it, it, uh, it's hard watching him sometimes. He's a little In my aggravated. opinion, though, you need someone like that. I, I, the energy that he brings is also very beneficial to the team sometimes. I think the energy he brought at the beginning, I don't know, eight games, but it just hasn't been there lately. So it's like, look, if you bring energy and foul, great. I, I feel like it's more under control than Colin's sex. Colin's just off the wall. It, yeah. But it's like, it's like I, I feel like he's trying not to foul as much, and it's uh, he's doing it anyway, so it's like... <laughs> You know, uh, like the last play against Aiton, he goes up. It probably wasn't a foul, but he barely grazed him. Aiton, I uh, believe, got the and one, and it was a crucial part of the game. And it's like, got the star call. you know, if you if you jump off your feet, just just land on the guy and clobber him so he doesn't get an and one and make him earn it from the free throw line. So, like, it's plays like that where it's like, I just wish he was a little bit smarter. Um I I feel like he's trying not to foul, which is also working against him, because he seems to just pick up the the dumbest fouls, like on a pick and roll uh, at the top of the key. He seems to foul the most. Um, but Kevin, back to you on on Beasley. I I think I was kind of like you. I haven't followed him probably like you have at Denver and uh, um, Minnesota, but I've been watching him closely because i felt like man he just he doesn't have it offensively and it really felt like that's all he was good for and these these past i don't know five six games i feel like he's really found his groove shooting but not just shooting defensively he he can get you stills and can guard good guards and so for that fact i i I mean i don't think he's going to be like our top scorer ever or Maybe won't even be a starter. He could be taking the role of Clarkson as six man. Um, and they showed a stat where he's leading the league with three point pointers made off of the bench. So uh, I think he's a six man type and possibly a finisher, depending you do on need wing players that can hit shots like he does. So. Yeah, but but yeah. to be able to get someone that can hit shots like that and it's like a pure shot. Uh, and then and then defend someone. I mean, I, I just feel like that's really hard to find. The, the, the biggest thing with Beasley is his his success comes with volume, 
if he can be a volume shooter, he has really good success. Like if you look at his first two years in Minnesota before, um, who's the guy they drafted? Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. Edwards got there. He was averaging almost 20 points a game, but he was also taking almost 18 shots a game. And, and that then sucked. Yeah. And then once Edwards got there and became the, the go-to guy, and he saw his shots drop to nine or ten a game, he kind of became irrelevant. His three-point percentage went down. Like, like he's good if he's a volume shooter. He's going to be good for us this year. Yeah, but, but if he can be, if he can be that off of the bench, I'm okay with that. Well, and I think Hardy mentioned it a couple games ago where if he's cutting and not just sitting there in the corner yeah. and like doing other things, like there's that one layup that he did that I was like, wow, I didn't know he had that in his game. But, yeah, because the night he took yeah. 17 field goal attempts, I mean, he, he shot, he made seven three-pointers, shot 53% from the three and 58% from the field. I'll take that all every game. Yeah, but, how, but, but if you go through his, his games that he played this year, and his games where he doesn't get up double-digit shots, I bet his percentages are really low. I'd have to go and do the research. But, like, he's just a volume shooter. And my concern is when we go and we get our star player, because he ain't that. He ain't, the, he ain't a franchise player. When we go and we get that guy, he's just going to become irrelevant again. And well, so let's sell him now. Let's move him now while his, while his stock is high. Or we can just enjoy him for the entire season. He'll continue to do this. But when we get that franchise player, I think we're going to get the old Vando back. But well, I, 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 yeah, it's it's either him or Clarkson. You, you got to get rid of one of them. I feel like they're both kind of like a six man, not a starter, especially once we get another star player. I think Lowry's that guy right now when you need a bucket or a clutch shot at the end like tonight. Um, I, I would rather keep Beasley than Clarkson just because, um, Beasley can defend and they're showing Jordan Clarkson right now. He is tied with Brian Russell for three point shots made in jazz history. And he will, yeah, he'll surpass Bojan in 10 more shots. Bojan Bogdanovich. So kind of crazy to think about because I always remember Brian Russell just being like a lights out shooter. <laughs> yeah, it was when we didn't shoot like forty threes a game. So. Right, it, t- it took yeah. twice the amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Clarkson's not going to be here in two years, anyways, when his contract expires. So, I mean, yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm interested in what, what would you guys give up for John Collins? Because, like, would you give up Clarkson and Rudy Gay? Oh, you ain't getting him for that. No, not Rudy Gay. We need Rudy Gay. No. <laughs> Who Gay said that? We'd have yeah, to throw in a second round pick. What if you give up Vanderbilt, Clarkson, and Gay? Would that There's be worth it? That's too much. That's too much. That's too much. And, and, and Lance, much. I ain't doing that. I, I think we're still that's too. That's too. I feel like that's too much for Atlanta because Atlanta doesn't use doesn't utilize him correctly anyway. So it's like eh, they can't really ask for too much. What yeah. does Atlanta need, though? I mean, they're good with Dejounte Murray and Trey Young. What What uh, does Atlanta I think they, need? They need bench scores. I say, I, I say, I bet defenders. they do. They do the deal for Olenek, Beasley, and a first rounder. See this guy trying to get rid of Beasley? No, I don't think. I don't think they take it. I don't think. <laughs> I don't know if I. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd want to throw in Beasley. Kelly. 
But they need something to replace that floor spacing. I will give JC. Who? But 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 they're guard heavy. Like their whole roster is guard heavy. That's yeah. But like, maybe they, that's how they want to play. I don't. I just think Olenek is such a good floor spacer. He might work there. Yeah, I, I'm okay getting I rid of Olenek. Would be good for him because he doesn't yeah, need often. He's a wing defender. So. Vando and Olenek doesn't work for them because because of Capella. Yeah. I agree with that, but well, what if what if there's a three-team trade? Two first rounders. What if what if there's a three-team trade and we somehow we somehow get Jay Crowder here, and Collins goes to Phoenix, and then we would have to give we'd have to give something. But I'd be okay with Jay Crowder. Do y'all really want Jay Crowder? No, I don't want Jay Crowder. I do. (laughs) No, 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 no. I do. Nothing since he left. Is it wrong to say I don't want John Collins? No, not at all. John Collins can't handle the ball, so he's it really depended on. I didn't want to interrupt y'all's conversation, but I was like the whole time I was like I don't know if I even want that. I just feel like John Collins. I feel like he's a. I feel like he's an upgraded Vanderbilt. I feel like John Collins is a decent defender um, guarding. Bigs, I think he's a decent big defender. I think he's a good to sometimes great rebounder. And he can um, shoot the three, can he? And he can shoot the three, and he's athletic. I think he he provides yeah, a lot. He's better than to Vanderbilt to me. Not, I'm not talking about John Collins as a player because I think it'd be a great addition. But I'm talking about what Atlanta would want for him. I just don't know if I'd want to yeah. give up whatever. They I don't want think. What can Atlanta really ask for somebody that they don't use? Yeah, yeah. I think we're overvaluing John Collins. I, yeah, maybe, I do too. Yeah. Maybe if the price was right, out. He's twenty five. I'd take him, but I don't know. I'm not that. I'm not like a John Collins super fan either. But you know how the NBA <laughs> likes the value potential, and John Collins has all the potential in the world. Like, exactly. He's the right, age, sure. he's the right size. He can shoot the ball. So, like in the right system with the right coach. He's an all-star, and they're going to sell it like that. Yeah, if we can get rid, rid of Rudy Gay somehow and get John Collins, I'm all for it. So are you playing four out and running the pick and roll with Mike Conley with John Collins? Is that what Sure. You can still run five out. Yeah, five out, four out. I mean. Yeah, you can do whatever you want with that. Because technically Vanderbilt is running the center for us right now. Right. And yeah. so, just replace him with Collins. I mean, really, it's Olenek, though. He's nowhere near as a big body as um, John yeah. Collins is. So. It's, it's really Olenek yeah. playing the center. I don't know why they have that listed. But, um, yeah, and, and then you got Walker Kessler if you need a, a true big. Uh, and I want to hit on Walker Kessler. What do you guys feel? Because, like... He, he, I feel like he's lost confidence. He, no, he needs time. That's that's all. It is. I don't uh, think he, he lost confidence. Yeah, he's I a think rookie. He needs time, and he's a rookie. He's running out of gas because of you know how you know these back to backs and shit like that. The college game is not like that. So yeah, and the NBA has figured him out. NBA has figured him out. He can't guard the pick and roll to save his life. No, he don't even know I what mean, to do when you pick and roll. Yeah, he's I mean, so yeah. confused. Yeah, I agree with Kevin. There. Did you see how many times they pick and rolled him tonight? Like <laughs> yeah. every single time. Yeah, Every but see, see, the, thing, the thing is, is that the thing, the, the thing is, is that there's not a lot of guards that can just completely expose him like that. Like Devin Booker is just one of those guards right. who just his his zone is right there in the draft. Like he loves drop coverage. Yeah, but imagine if that was Chris Paul. Was... I know Chris Paul would have eaten him for dinner. Uh, yeah, Chris Paul would have ate him. Chris yeah. Paul would have ate him. But Chris Paul also would have 
not that's, pass that's the ball, another that's another elite guy who loves drop coverage. Like that's just like one of those situations where like they have two guards who really know how to destroy drop coverage. I don't think there's like a lot of teams who can kill drop coverage. Really, like, really like. Well, that. here's the thing to think about too. I mean, we gave up. 59 to Embiid just the other night. We gave up 49 tonight to Devin Booker. And I know they're elite players, but at some point you got to look at the Jazz and how many points we're giving up. It feels Especially like that's almost players. It feels like that's almost the game plan. Why are we giving up this many points? No, that's the game plan. It's, the, it's yeah. definitely part of the game plan. We is like let, let, the let them get theirs. The see, see if they guess out. Yeah, because Booker did did gas out uh, towards the end there. Yeah, which he definitely gassed out, but then you look at Embiid with, I mean, what did he have, 59, 10, 6 blocks. Embiid I mean, did not gas out. No, no. He didn't. He, 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 he was just close. He was close to. But how many times is it, how many times is Embiid going to do that again? He's not going to. Yeah. He's not. He is going to. He's, so you, you got to take MVP your chances. candidate for two years in a row. He's been second place in the MVP race, right? Yeah. He is I that guy. He's going to do that again. consistently. Because that's what he does. But you get in a but you but get in a play a seven game playoff series yeah, and but take your chances. Playing those type of games where the game is going back and forth, is being slowed down. Like I, I don't think Embiid is giving you fucking fifty for a seven game series. No, yeah, especially in the playoffs when it's the, the game's intensified. So yeah, like we play we play the game exactly how play, how you would play in a playoffs. Now. now I feel like that might be a, a bad situation because if we kind of play like a play, like we're already in the playoffs, if we if we were to hit the playoffs, how many more adjustments does Will Hardy have? Yeah, I, and I think once we hit the playoffs, if our defense doesn't improve, we're just going to get toasted. Oh, no, we're going to get killed in the playoffs. Like, it, that was sure. part of what I wanted to talk about. I, if I we think, make I the think... playoffs, I'm quitting this damn team. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Well, dude, you really would please don't tell me you're, you're on board with the tank the tank of dog. Please, please, please don't tell me you're you're on board with making the first round every single year and losing I'm not, the last year. I'm not on board for tanking. I'm not on board for tanking either. If it means we can get past the second round, I think for we once can, in our life. I think I think I think, I I think, think we're gonna make the playoffs. Value. I think there's a lot of value in this draft besides Wimby and Scoop. Yeah, that's, that's okay, but Realistically, realistically what is the ceiling of this team? I don't think they get past the first round. They definitely don't get past the second round. No, but if they do, if if they if this team comes away with a first round victory, like everything from the last two years. I'll buy everybody on the I'd rather have All right. It's recorded. It's recorded, Kevin. Steakhouse you want. There's no way in hell this team is winning a first round play. You know that if we're winning like this, that we're trading for somebody that's going to help us in the playoffs. Well, so what I want to talk about is since. Yeah, Jay Crowder. (laughs) Yeah, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. Come on. (laughs) With the assets we have. I think the situation is that in order for us to really know how good of a team we are, we need to be able to see how how far we can push Lowry. And there's a yeah. and, there's, and the games that we do lose is the games that we don't give the ball to Lowry. Well, tonight's then, a good and, start and then, in the and right when, direction. When we give up the when we give up leads is when Lowry's on the court and Lowry doesn't doesn't get the ball. Armani, Armani you're one hundred percent right. But Armani, do you think that Lowry's the number one? You 
Do you really think that Lowry Markkinen is the number one option on a championship contender? No, no. I think he's he's an extremely strong number two. Yeah. See, here's the thing. See, I don't even know if he's a number two. Depending on what team he's on. No, no, no. He's a number number two. You don't see a bunch of seven-foot, three-level scorers on the court. Yeah, I think he's a number two, especially after tonight. We've been through, what, 20 games? I know, right. but but he hit his career high tonight, and he shoots eighty three percent, sixty six percent, and seventy five percent. Like I think he f- he's a number two, and especially if you have a number one guy, it takes the pressure off of him. So I think he, I think easier. he's a I think exactly. he's a I, I believe he's a weak number one. I, we don't know how far he can go. I think he's a weak number one, but an extremely strong number two. Has he ever okay. been to the playoffs? Why, Has couldn't Lauer- he, why couldn't he be that on another team? Why couldn't he do that for the Bulls? Because they all wanted him to be a seven-footer. Wait, 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 wait. On the Bulls, the first two seasons, he was being he was being allotted that type of play. And then third, well, middle of the second season, they brought in Jim Boylan. And when Jim Boylan came in, he crashed out the whole team. Yeah. I don't think he's had a fair shot. And then when he got to Cleveland... Come on. Okay. <laughs> you have Darius Garland, and then you got you got Darius Garland, you got Jared Allen, who's an all star. You got you got, they just drafted Evan Mobley. Yeah. Like yeah, you so gonna get he's that. never played it in the playoff series, has he? Yeah, the Cavs. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 they didn't actually. No, did, no he, he, he didn't play in Chicago, Chicago either. So that'll be interesting to see once he's in the playoffs how he performs in the playoffs. So when whenever we had Donovan and Rudy Gobert, we had the one and two, right? Those were definitely our one and two, and those two weren't enough. So uh, do we Don, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I Rudy's a two, though. Rudy, yeah, Rudy on offense he's not. I'll give you that one hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. I don't feel like Rudy. I don't feel like Rudy got enough touches that we was able to really judge him. Right, but this is my question for you: if those, if, whether those two were deserving of a one mm-hmm. or two or not, right? Those were our one and two on our championship contending team, right? Mm-hmm. So are are we with those two? Those two weren't enough to get out of the second round. Are we really going to say that Larry Markinen is going to be enough to get out of the well, second round? Well, yeah, for but well, for you to be able to go deep in the playoffs, you need a wing score. Yeah, because we, we had you had you have Donovan Mitchell. You had Donovan Mitchell. But look at the difference between Donovan Mitchell and Larry is that Larry is a complete. Mitch match problem. Yeah, he's a seven oh. footer. <laughs> you can't do this stuff that Donovan does. No, but yeah, like but tonight, tonight when does. Booker was on him and that that clutch shot, like he was just like Armani's saying, he's seven foot. So it, yeah. it's almost like Kevin Durant. It doesn't matter who's on him. It's much easier to score being seven foot over. And he knows how to play off who's, the ball. See, that's who's going to have a better, longer career, Donovan Mitchell or Larry Markkinen? Oh, don't be dumb. You Larry know, come on. I'm just asking. I, I, no. feel like, I feel like no. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell already's got a lot of miles on him by now. With all these yeah, questions, yeah. I think Donovan. I don't think Donovan is playing a, a long career. Yeah, he's all, I mean, his I ankle's Donovan already Mitchell, hurting him in, in Mitchell, Cleveland. Bro. Come on, guys. This is this is what? not a question. Come on. No, I think no, no, no. I think Donovan he's has a better career. New York, and he's not going to be able to take him to the playoffs. You telling me right now? Larry is the next Dirk. You tell me if you had to choose between Markinen and Mitchell, you would pick Markinen over Mitchell? You're crazy. Yeah, I'm not saying I, I, I feel like, I feel like, like, like hey, Mitchell's best game, Markinen's best game, uh, 
all-time game in in the playoffs. I'd rather have the option of marketing. He can shoot. He can stretch. He can rebound. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shots but Donovan, thirty shots and get you a career high fifty points, but still lose. Yeah, you know, that's right? that's what I. It's like who Mr. can who can Malik win you a game? Takes a whole bunch of shots. Come on. Because I feel like marketing's giving you more with rebounds and assisting than Donovan ever would. I feel like the knock on Donovan, for me at least, is he. Kevin, like you're saying, he needs a lot of shots in order to score that many points, and he doesn't involve his teammates. So, yeah, I, I like it's hard to say because Markinen hasn't been in the playoffs. But yeah. from from our experience yeah, with Donovan, Donovan Rudy Gobert, if Laurie Markinen and Rudy Gobert, he'd probably be in the playoffs too. Donovan but, and Markinen would have went to the, at least the conference finals. Oh no, yeah, you see, but we we, we would have been able to have. Yeah. Um, it, if Donovan, if Donovan can actually win a playoff win series, wait, 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 wait. you guys are think... saying that if we replace last year's team, marking in right now with Rudy Gobert, then yeah. the Jazz go to the conference finals. Yes, no chance. No, no I'm not going that far. Uh, I'm not going that far. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that because we have the room protection. I don't know though, man. Maybe if Donovan, maybe if uh, Gobert wasn't on the team, Donovan actually would have tried. Yeah, yeah maybe, but I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> what do you mean by Donovan would have actually tried? Man, did you not watch last season? He was nailing it in the last half of the season. Yeah, I, I, time someone got he was fired. tired of Rudy. He, he just, got COVID from Rudy and never recovered. <laughs> he just put his hands on his hips. Like, it's, that's why Edwards yeah. doesn't pass to him and he doesn't drive. Yeah, I have to agree. He wasn't. Uh, well, well, see, the Edwards thing, I don't think Edwards is even a developed passer anyway, so it really, nah. yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah, I hope everything just goes to shit in Minnesota and we can get Anthony Edwards. Hell yeah. I don't want Anthony Edwards. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want their Anthony pick, Edwards, though. They're a nice pick this year. <laughs> anyway. I, see, I, I think we just need to be able to see how we can utilize Lowry, what's, what's his limitations, and once we figure that out, we will know if we have a number one or a number two. But I'm, I'm, banking, on, I'm banking on him being an extremely strong number two. Um... It's hard to get a number one. It's, it's supposed to be Mike Conley, but he's not. No, that. Mike Conley's never been a number he's one. He's a distributor. No, no, he, he's, he, I feel like in a lot of games, and, and and I was looking forward to him when we we traded him, and I thought him and Mitchell would have been. I, I didn't think Donovan, Donovan didn't, Donovan didn't let him much, do. Uh, yeah, but Memphis Donovan didn't, didn't let him do enough. Distributor, no. not like an attacking. Yeah, but also Mike Conley couldn't do what what he he's doing with this team because Rudy Gobert couldn't catch the ball and do what marketing can do on the pick and roll. So the thing that I hated about uh, Mike Conley and Donovan is on the defensive end, it's just a mismatch every single time. They're too small. So, all right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna end this one because we've got another one tomorrow. I I'll do a pregame. This I I went to my grandma's tonight and watched my kids because my my wife was working out the game. But uh, I wanted to hit the games real quick before we end this one around the league. Looks like Golden State Warriors are going to beat the New York Knicks tonight. Uh, L.A. Lakers are beating Detroit. Barn burner. And Washington beat Miami by one point. Washington, I feel like is. A real good not okay. I feel like they're built like us and are gonna surprise people uh in the east. Cleveland beats Charlotte, no surprise there. Uh 
Philadelphia beats Milwaukee, which is a surprise. I, I want to go look at the box score to see if Embiid scored another 50-piece. Orlando beats Chicago. Indiana beats Houston. Memphis beats, oh, shoot, Oklahoma. Is that right? Can't see the score, though. Dallas beats Denver handily. Boston beats New Orleans Pelicans. The Jazz win big in Utah against Phoenix. And that is it. So we're back at it in Portland tomorrow against Damian Lillard. He's one of my favorite players to watch. And uh, it seems like since he's come back, they've the Portland Trailblazers have not been winning as much. So uh, it'll be interesting tomorrow on the pregame, uh, breaking that down. Thank you guys for listening and following. It's so much fun. Uh, it, it feels like it's becoming more of a natural conversation, and I actually love people talking over each other and kind of going back and forth. That's what this podcast is all about. So uh, make sure you do all the things that help podcasts grow, like, share, comment. Uh, yeah, just share it. And uh, go Jazz. Five stars. What? Oh, I, I think it's five stars. Yeah, five stars. And uh, I Do think you see the tweet even if you don't like us, I I, I want to say fire. No, thanks for doing this, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Um, and uh, I just had a brain fart, so we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go Jazz.